Hello, and welcome to Beatdown, a musical battle royale. I'm your host, taking it to the streets, Josh Brunell, and joining <laughs> me on the podcast this week. She just finished burning her bra. She's Jennifer Lane, everybody. Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, and I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, feel, feeling good, feeling free. Feeling free. He's what democracy looks like. He's Edward Giordano, everybody. Good evening, Ed. You know what? You're right. I am what democracy looks like. <laughs> Darn right. Go, Ed. I'm not going to fight that. Don't fight. Take, take it. <laughs> Uh, and finally, she's an activist. She's an organizer, and she can read really fast. Oh my God! Trying to read, trying to keep up with her is killing me. <laughs> she is Vanessa Axelson. Good evening, Noodle. Hi. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Noodle and I were like, let's read it together, and and so I, but I didn't tell you I had started because I knew I needed a head start. So then finally, I was like, all right, I'm on page two fifty, and you went great, and that that would have been me for like a week and a half, and then you were like the next day so i'm on page 250 where are you now yeah uh i i don't so much read books as i eat them real quick You're like she yeah. does she goes on vacation and in between sightseeing and doing all these amazing things in these wonderful cities she'll read seven books that's true the last time i went on vacation i had to buy two additional books while i was there because i ran out and my poor husband is like did you bring more books than shirts? And it turned out that he was, in fact, correct. <laughs> I had amazing. brought more books than shirts. You know? And people always say, let's go digital, get a Kindle. And I'm like, no. No. I want mm. paper. I want to smell the book. I want to feel the book. I'm not even sorry. <laughs> you you want to feel the I'm breeze you. as you're flipping pages so fast. And I it agree. just blows your hair back out of your face. <laughs> I, I've, I've gone the exact opposite. I bought a physical book. And I'm like, I, I'm over this. I, I so I need to buy. I need to buy the the digital version. Oh, you <laughs> millennial, you. And you and I are very different people. That's hilarious. I I'm very physical with the books. The only time I really read the um, the only time I really read uh, uh on Kindle is if it's like Pulp Fiction, like like just kind of you know, part. 12 of a 15 part mystery series and I'll be like all right and every book is 75 pages long like okay that's effectively pulp that's fiction that's really in book see I'm the opposite see I'll I'll get the Kindle book that's the biggest one so I know you read I know yeah. he borrowed 112263 mm -hmm. from Vanessa but I was like I'm going to download it cuz I can carry this around yeah. more I'm going to have a better chance of reading it on a Kindle than I will if I'm lugging it Oh yeah I mean I, I'm too slow I'm, I'm too only slow. reading it at home mm -hmm. right like because josh you're a bit slower i am <laughs> to to try and balance out yourself. my my need to consume books so aggressively i i'm reading other books at the same time so those ones i can bring with me places but it i only read at home <laughs> uh, i'm on book three wow at wow. the same time See, and I feel like it is spraining my hand. Like, I feel like I read it in bed at night, and the cat is just like, screw you. He won't come near me, because it's like, I'm holding it up. It's like a workout. It, oh, it, I'm planking with it. Yeah. It's so funny, because I'm so used to seeing out of the corner of my eyes. I know when it's ready to, like, reach over and turn out Josh's light. Yeah, because his, his book's kind of like... Aww, but this is you like you guys are so cute. It's like this one. It's like he's gonna sprain something if he tr lets that go. <laughs> Thump. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the last we saw. He the just cat. covers his groin. Like, Ouch. <laughs> oh, Ed. Okay. Okay. To to reverse, you said you said my millennial instincts were to go the ebook route, but I I I know the data that that's actually reverse. It's, it's millennials. Actually, he's totally true. I'm so millennials happy. prefer physical books and. 
older people, people over 55, are the fastest adopters of ebooks. Oh, because they, they can have the big print. Exactly. Yeah. <gasps> big print. Oh, you're you're actually interesting. Yells, and I'm the old person. <laughs> in this oh God. <laughs> Ed just wants to clarify that he's the old man in the group. Well that was the entire reason. Well then, <laughs> right? He's like, I have this information at my fingertips to be able to announce it at some point, and here we are. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, that's what that's a benefit of having listened to thousands of hours of writing podcast i'm like <laughs> for this moment that's awesome mission accomplished <laughs> well we are here for a beat down where and we will choose a theme and each of us will bring the ultimate song that they feel represents that theme uh they'll present their pick and then you the listener will get to vote on who you think brought it the best in the beat down this week our topic is protest songs spoiler alert we might express some views you don't like <laughs> I'm sorry. Save your hate. I don't know. Like I, I try to be uh, real nice, but just let you know. Well, you uh, know what? <laughs> I try to be even, but but the thing is, you know, in this particular case, there's really no way to be even and be passionate about what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah. If if this if <laughs> if political discussions uh, upset you and you think perhaps we're going to go in a way that you're not in line with then you know maybe skip this episode before we get to that we've got two episodes to talk about uh so real quick two weeks ago we did synth pop uh, i brought the passion pit anthem carried away jen brought soft cells classic tainted love yeah uh, ed brought kesha's animal the billboard remix but it was actually our guest david who was uh, so fun to hear him talk yes. about synthesizers and the science behind it and all those things and he in my opinion rightfully so won the episode with yaz is only you which is a stunningly beautifully fantastic song and he sent me the day after a documentary uh, about Yaz uh, where he got a lot of his stories from so if you're mm-hmm. interested in those types of things obviously Noodle is not because uh, she is falling out of her chair laughing I just I, I love the passion behind it but yeah no I'm, I'm I'm laughing at that but you know what good for him good for hey. him that he understands it and he cares about it and he wants to share it with you everybody's got their nerd and Absolutely. that is everybody's got their nerdery and that is his good uh, for him. and that but, was the right episode for that level you know that that deep dive into yeah. you know nerdum to come out <laughs> that was the right one but uh before we go on ed do you want to make a case for kesha you weren't on the episode and you were unable to truly make your case for kesha uh her song animal the billboard remix do you want to make that case now uh, i do okay you guys you guys i feel like judge i felt like you weren't judging the song but were more judging her image okay yeah, it's how i is how i felt and when she's listening a to badass <laughs> and 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 I understand what you're saying, but there was nothing, like, there was no, like, party girl antics. There was no, like, the those things that, they weren't in that, in the song that I chose. And I think what, to me, like, I see, I see Animal and this remix, especially as, like, an, in, like, as a, as, like, a direct line to Kesha's soul. It has the 60s synthesizers that she, that she loves. Like I know, I could tell she loves them. Like you don't, you don't <laughs> go on stage with the, uh, with the, uh, with I forget the name of it, uh, but the, uh, is the thing with the with with the lasers and it's a musical instrument that's played with lasers. But you don't go on, you don't go on there with that, with with that retro synth stuff if you don't, if that isn't your true passion. Of course, like she has to have her shock stuff and the the party girl image, but that wasn't a part of this song. This song was just feeling 
and emotion and just like just like putting her soul into like her fears and yeah and like what she wanted out of life and Mm. so so i just feel like i just i don't know you guys your guys critique made me not oh well (laughs) talking you talked to me two weeks ago made me upset but i but at this point i could be like oh you guys just you just missed it you missed the boat uh and last week our topic was songs about summer jennifer brought the hip-hop slow jam summertime by dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince uh ed went personal with sugar rays when did it's I go over, pers- did I go personal? Well, you know, you it was less. It wasn't so much a song about summer, but it was a song about how you felt about summer or how okay. summer made yes, you feel. Yes, I, I yes, I guess that is true. I just yeah. don't know how personal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I eked out the win uh, what? with Demi Lovato's "Cool for the Summer" by what? one vote. Uh, Noodle, by what one. is your song for summer? What's oh your go-to God. summer jam? What's your uh, summer jam? Slide, slide, slippity slide. You better be ready when the slide rolls by. Uh, Always. Nice. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the first song that came to my head. Yeah. I feel All like right. that's probably going to hit I, the mark. I think that's a I, winner. Yes. I mean, that's what I, I went with. I didn't I, win, I mean, really, but that's what I went with. Anything that's <laughs> super loud... Mm-hmm. That I can roll all the windows down and drive too fast on the freeway with mm-hmm. my hair blowing back, like, mm-hmm. man, awesome. Yes, that's a good song for summer. Uh, well, our topic this week is protest songs. Jennifer, you did a little bit of research on protest songs and uh, I did. what they're about. You want to tell us a little bit about what you learned? Well, I mean, I can see it's like it's not really necessarily about the history of a protest song, but in reading about you know how they're constructed and you know their um you know their intent it was it's more like a guideline to basically categorize or critique protest songs so like some the criteria that this particular person was identifying to to make a good protest song is like first of all it has to be good music the music uh moves you it 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 just you know it's it's something that just gets inside of you and just the music itself makes you feel something and that it's not it just obscure um lyrics it, it it's very detailed about a particular um you know a particular cause a particular fight and it also has a call for change so it's not just identifying it it's actually crying out okay the, these are things that we need to do and it, again it's on a specific issue and that should provoke feeling So, I mean, again, it's not really like, you know, this is one person's idea of what makes up a good protest song. So these were, you know, the things that I was using when I was reviewing, you know, the, you know, because there's hundreds and hundreds of lists of all these great protest songs. They go back over 100 years and there's just so many out there. Some are very obvious. Some have been adopted as protest songs. Some were written intentionally as protest songs. So. It's a very broad, broad topic. And uh, I was talking to David, our guest from the Synth Pop Week, uh, who has done a lot of protesting in his life about the songs that they used to actually sing at rallies. And they're not really the songs that we're going to talk about tonight. They were more kind of spirituals and traditionals from back in the day. Even, I mean, he wasn't singing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. But like, you know, that is where the protest song was really born as something that Mm -hmm. a group of people could kind of sing together and and Mm -hmm. kind of almost almost like a prayer, almost like a musical prayer, the way that Mm -hmm. we uh, one might sing at church if one went to church yeah uh, so. and oftentimes like a level of repetition is helpful because you know you, you only need to hear part of it 
to to really get involved, get motivated, get, you know, this is actually going to help your song. I sure Noodle. will. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you're saying that are, I know. That are really going like, to outline my song. I'm like, I got check, that. check, check, check. Um, and then ironically, well, not ironically, but I, I feel like maybe my song misses the beat on one or two of those criteria, but... Interesting. And I think the call to action is a good point because Mm -hmm. it's a difference between a protest song and a angry at the man song. Right. That's kind of. What are you trying to say there, Josh? Oh, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing at all. Uh, Well, let's get into it. Uh, Since I won on uh i went since i won last week that puts me up first so i'll go first tonight um this was a tough one because i like so many protest songs and it's always like my favorite song by that particular artist like uh what's going on is my favorite marvin Gaye song such Mm -hmm. a good song uh change is gonna come is my favorite uh uh is is my favorite Sam Cooke song, uh, Mississippi Goddamn, such a good song by Nina Simone. But I did her a couple weeks ago, and then of course uh, Frank Turner did Sand yes. in the Gears. But we already talked about Frank Turner. I can't believe you didn't pick that song. I love that yeah. song so much. Uh, but Fr- Frank Turner wrote this song, Sand in the Gears, right after Trump got elected, and this was like his response to that. So you want to go current? That's a freaking current it's song. Current, it's yeah. not even on a formal album. Uh, and the first line is, I want to spend the next four years at a punk show, which is pretty much what life is. And we, we saw him probably like two months ago. Was it oh, when was a we, while. we saw that? Lot, before well, that, a, but yeah. Okay, maybe closer to the election. But I mean... I was just in tears. It was January 2017. Uh, for the <laughs> audience, Josh is pointing at one of his many Frank, Frank Turner, Turner posters. posters. <laughs> Autographed, yes. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. a good one. It is a good one. There you go. So, yes, January. But I was in tears. I mean, it's just, it was just, you know, so powerful and... It just, you know, it's like you, I, I, I try not to get down about things. I try not to, you know, let it just suck the, the life and emotion out of me, but it just does. And so just, you know, being in a room full of really motivated like-minded people passionate, passionate very helpful passionate, passionate people and that's yeah. and i think that's one of the things about a protest song and that's why i picked this song tonight is it does kind of make you feel not alone like mm-hmm. you can get real spun up refreshing twitter all day and mm. feel like you're the only one who sees how crazy this is and then you can hear a great protest song and it kind of like co it kind of crystallizes how you feel inside um so i ended up going with a jill sobule song i love jill sobule if you know her at all you probably know her she did I Kissed a Girl in about 95. Uh, that was actually her second record. Um, she also had a song called Supermodel, which was on the Clueless soundtrack. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, she <laughs> kind of retired for a little bit, uh, Did lost her way, came back with an album called Happy Town, which was phenomenal. And she's just great. Uh, she's reinvented herself in the last few, I don't know if reinvented, but just kind of like found her groove in the last 10 years or so as kind of a folk slash pop slash story song um i saw her on tour with warren zevon about uh six months before he died actually and he sang uh kissed a girl which was pretty funny actually uh if you know who that is uh but changes the meaning a little bit it was so fun Uh, (laughs) (laughs) kind of takes the shock out of it (laughs) and he has this really deep kind of like like a cigarette and whiskey worn voice doing kissed a girl it's pretty great we saw her open for fountains of wayne um so this song is about 
a year and a half old now, but when I think of like a protest song of this moment and the one that I find myself singing to myself all the time, uh, this is called America Back by Jill Sobiel and specifically the version she performed on Huffington Post Live. And I'll explain a little bit why uh, that I find really unique. But anyway, this is Jill Sobiel, America Back from Huffington Post Live. of Eden before Eve hung out with that snake you could walk down the street not worry about thieves all the kids could go trick-or-treating then those foreigners started coming in like the Germans in 1790 then the Irish arrived the potato blight the neighborhood started changing life was better we lived right life had a paler shade of white when they say we want our america back our america back our america back when they say Ellis Island and that statue we got from the French well that horse still alerting with strangers she's flirting inviting them into our beds the heaps the chinks the wetbacks the colors the ragheads the lesbos the fags and who let in the woman looks after my kid and the one who is cleaning my So that is Jill Sobiel's America Back. Uh, you know, this this song just like came at exactly the right time. It was She wrote it during the campaign about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, and it just keeps staying true. It's like, this is the one that I just, I think about it constantly. And what I love about this as a protest song is one, it is so timeless in its structure. There's three chords in this song, maybe three and a half. And two of them are pretty much the same chord. It, it, it It's so simple in its execution. And yet there's so much going on. The verses are this kind of satirical look at the people that she's she's talking about, you know, the people that say they want their America back. And she's very subtly poking holes in the things that they're saying. You know, uh, life was better. Life was right. Life was a paler shade of white. I mean, it's a really pointed, underhanded statement. And I just gets me every time she's the reason that I really love this version is over time, she performed this song more and more. And there's a lot of live versions on YouTube. And she was subtly toning down the lyrics over time. And I don't really know why. I don't know if people were asking her to do that or if that was just not. She took out some of the racial slurs, which kind of bothers me. Mm -hmm. And she took out the, the line, send them all back, including me, which 
I think is kind of a really important line. She recorded a studio version uh, last year and it's terrible. Like this is a song that needs to be performed by Mm -hmm. four people on the, on a street corner while you're marching. Oh, so it was the other one, the studio one was just overproduced. Yeah. It's just kind of overproduced and glossy. So I just, I love this song. I love specifically this version of it. And I just, I feel that this is one of the things from all the, the um, protests we have been going to in the last few months, one of the things that I do kind of find missing is this kind of unifying singing. There's lots of chanting. There's the occasional like, like chant going through, but like in the old days you had a guy at the front, you had Richie Havens at the front of your freaking protest singing songs and everybody sang imagine and everybody sang uh uh, give peace a chance and Mm -hmm. i love that this is the type of song that we could be strolling down downtown Mm -hmm. with all of the other people singing the song it's so simple everybody will get the lyrics in about 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and this is an anthem and so i i think it's a perfect protest song and it's definitely at the moment the one i (laughs) come back to again and again and again it's very current, very <laughs> topical, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely hits all of those, checks all those boxes. Yeah, yeah. What do you uh, think, Noodle? Um, I think that the the idea that she's been toning down the language is pretty interesting in a context of reach across the aisle, try and talk to the to the people who didn't. Well, that's vote, interesting. Yeah, maybe try that's and. Fine. Try and not antagonize the Trump supporters and instead mm-hmm. try and gently, politely, and fuck that noise. Um, but I think that that's like a very interesting example of it. Yeah. Um, I This is this is a great song. When I was listening to it today, I was like, oh my God, I want to chat this all the time. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> the only thing that I think is missing is the anger and it is the call to action because yes, she says all those things, but she's speaking the language that we hear all the time and it's not... Absolutely not. Uh, it's not aggressive. It's very pal- you know, palpable, palatable. There's the word. Mm-hmm. It's very palatable. It's it's sweet. It's a good time, and I think it's a really beautiful, effective song for the chanting. But it doesn't. It doesn't get that guttural anger. Yeah. Um. Of of I am. I am not okay with these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the one line is a good line. What the fuck do they mean? But it's it's still putting the onus on them to adjust to the situation it's not a we are going to change it which is i think the only big failing in it um otherwise i mean that's i i'm pretty sure that when we go to the resist march on the 11th we're gonna sing the song right can we just can we make it a comp like an agreement right here i think we can all learn it on the guitar tonight it's gonna be super simple and i'll play the clapping parts in the back yeah in like, That's like a tambourine stuff. or is it maybe needs a cowbell i don't know That's good everything stuff. needs a cowbell i totally agree with you actually i think that if what it is missing is a call to action i don't i'm not looking for an anger i like i tend to internalize my anger because i was raised catholic and uh and, <laughs> and he smiles so hard it metastasizes into <laughs> into my knees the more aggressive smile <laughs> into teeth guards yeah oh my there gosh you go. So I guess I'm not looking for yeah. the anger. I've never responded to that as, as much as other people. But I do agree that it is kind of just pointing at a problem without really talking about, doesn't really hint at anything you could do about the problem. Uh, and you're right. There is a certain amount of uh, uh, 
there's a certain amount of kind of like, look how crazy these people are without really doing anything about it. Uh, I just, I love how direct it is. And I love that it sneaks up on you. Yeah, like oh, for if you, sure. The first time you hear this song, it totally sneaks up and you go, oh my God, I totally just see what mm-hmm. happened there. Yeah. And, um, and God, it's just a sentiment I think about all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is frustrating because I do think that the only people that are going to hear it are the people that already feel this way. I don't think that, um, I don't know how much, like, is shouting or pointedness or even understanding would ever get across to some people. That's absolutely true. And That's very true. So yeah, for sure. I kind of like, hey, it's 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 a it's a it's a really lovely song, makes you feel good, makes you smile, you know, slips in some cuss words and <laughs> everybody likes a curse word. Everybody likes a curse word. <laughs> Hey, Ed, what do you think of Jill Sobiel's America Back? Um, what I think, what I really love about it is that it isn't, like, super angry. Uh, I, sorry. I always get weird when it, when I'm here myself. Um, so, yeah, it's not super angry. And I think that's what makes it stand out. It has a really strong melody. And what really draws me to things is, uh, is like, my love of speculative fiction is really the core of that is i love this intrinsic idea of challenging everything uh, like like what like why do you why like why do you read left to right because we're because we're in a society that dictated that not be, not for any other particular reason so that's what i really enjoy about this is it really forces the well not force nothing forces it really sets up the potential for the listener to challenge their own preconceptions like what is like when they say they want what is what do they mean they want it back like they like you want to turn back time you want to bring back coal jobs when natural gas and solar are cheaper and more effective like you want to bring back segregation you want to bring back (laughs) yeah like like yeah like what was what was the best america i actually well i mean actually this is not a very unique opinion but i think in many ways we're we're we are in the best america and america was america's strength was built on melting pots from other from other countries and that's let led us to success and for us to deny like that'd be like I don't know. Like, don't don't deny what made us great. That's what made us great was that we we took from everywhere. So be selfish, take from everywhere, and get yeah. That's how you get the best people. <laughs> Let's flip a coin and see who's gonna go next. Uh, Jennifer, pick heads or tails. Heads. And it's heads, Jennifer. It's heads. Do you want to go? I, do you ever use like a real coin for this? No, or is it's it, Google, oh, no. man. What do you, why would I ever need a real so, coin? I, just, I think some of that is that uh, book versus digital <laughs> question. Jennifer, what did you bring for this protest song speed uh, So as, as current as your song is, mine is probably the oldest. And so we're going to roll it back 105, 106 years here. Go back to a, a lovely little ditty called Bread and Roses. And this is actually, um, there's been many, many, many covers of this. It's um, basically uh, a poem that was written by James Oppenheim, who was, um, you know, an American uh, writer, poet, storyteller. He's, um, let's let the plane go by. Um, you know, he, he's done a lot of short stories. His poetry is, um, you know, 
open uh, free verse ruminations about society and what's going on and uh, wrote a lot about um, you know what was going on politically so uh, he wrote this poem um, based on a strike that was held back in uh, 1912 in a little town called Lawrence Massachusetts about 20 miles give or take north of Boston and uh, up in Lawrence and Lowell there were a lot of textile mills and the area also had a lot of immigrants so there were many um, many women from all from Europe and from other parts of the country that uh, would work in these mills and the conditions were really bad their hours were horrible and uh, their wages were of course really bad so they 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 had a strike they actually fought and they I think they were able to get their hours moved back from 56 hours a week to 54 huge victory for women in uh, 1912 and um, but as a result of that the um, the, uh, the the mills what they did is they sped up the machines so that the conditions are now even more unsafe but the output was the same and they reduced their wages to six dollars a week so the um the so kind of a toss-up kind of yeah so i mean ultimately the man won but the the whole the um they were they were protesting for uh you know again better wages better working conditions and uh you know it just is a safer place so um and i went with this song and again there are so many different versions of it but the one josh is going to play for you is utah phillips so why don't, why don't you play that? All right. As we come marching, marching in the beauty of the day, a million darkened kitchens, a thousand mill gray, are brightened by the beauty a sudden sun discloses. And the people here are singing bread and roses, bread and roses. As we come marching, marching, going to take this story from the wiki page but the slogan bread and roses originated in a speech given by rose shinderman a line in that speech the worker must have bread but she must have roses too and that's what inspired the poem and um so josh just played the the song part which is the you know musical adaptation of the poem itself but if you listen to the full intro from utah phillips you'll hear the 
you know, you'll hear the whole details about the um, about the, the, the protest and or the strike. And it's really kind of the, one of the things I love about it. It's very uh, it's very soothing. You know, he's, he's talking about this, you know, horrible strike. And, you know, they even the line in the thing they talk about um, um, the un- unnumbered uh, women uh, is that we go marching, marching, unnumbered women dead, go crying through our singing, their ancient call for bread, smart art and love and beauty. Their drudging spirits new. Yes, it is bread we fight for, but we fight for roses too. So when he when he tells the whole story, it, it feels like um, his his tone, the way he's telling the story, it's very uh, Gallison killer. It's um, you know um, Prairie, Home, Prairie Companion. Home Companion. So it's very sweet. It's it's you know it reminds me of like the old murder ballads. These this was the way history was carried on. It was carried on in a poem that was put to music, and and that's how you know the the telling of the tales went on. So a um, couple of reasons I picked this. Uh, you know, frustrating and shocking women have been fighting for, you know, equality or even fair living wages and working conditions for over 100 years and not as much as change. The other thing is, um, again, uh, Lowell and Lawrence, Massachusetts, big mill towns just north of Boston. Uh, it's actually where I went to school. I went to UMass Lowell and many of my classes were held in old mill buildings. And there are these big brick structures with, you know, 12, 14 foot ceilings, hardwood floors that were so drenched with the oil of these machines that these women worked on. And you could see it. I mean, it was just, it was like living in history. And the fact that, you know, 80 years later, I was able to, you know, get a college education in these same mills where these women could barely, you know, make enough money to feed their families. I thought that was, you know, kind of beautiful and poetic. Uh, There's a couple songs in the, or a couple lines in this song that I really adore Uh, toward the end. um, The rising of our women is the rising of us all. I think it's a really beautiful line. Uh, But at the beginning when he says hearts starve as well as bodies. Mm -hmm. So give us wine, give us bread and give us roses. Yeah. It's, it's a really beautiful song and it, it somehow manages to, um, again, it's one of these kind of timeless mm-hmm. messages. Yeah. Uh, it's been covered a million times, Joan Baez, John Denver. Yes. Like, I had no idea it was that yeah. many, but yeah, I mean, I originally found the Joan Baez song. Yeah. Joan Baez. Sorry. But yeah, sorry. just a, I mean, the, the yeah. lyrics in there are really pretty. And mm-hmm. that is that classic, uh, very simple protest mm-hmm. meter mm-hmm. throughout it. Uh, it's a great song. And, and you were telling me about it, how you essentially went to school in the same mills where yeah. this happened is really fascinating. Yeah. The strike was in January. Yes. Stri- and that is not, oh, I mean, that's, it's just so cold and, you know, icy cold and snowy. And, you know, it's not a good time for people to be out of work and not be able to support their families and it was yeah i mean it was just it was pretty devastating and then that that their slight victory when all was said and done was then just you know they just got screwed over one step forward and two steps back yeah well it does seem to be the pattern with a lot of (laughs) a lot of these a lot of these moments a lot of these movements yeah it's pretty heavy ed what do you think of uh bread and roses um i thought it was a really great song. I really enjoyed the poem that came before it that uh, was in the video that Josh sent us, sent out in the packet, um, in the packet email. Um, 
And I, I, what I, what I appreciate about it was it was simple. It had a very clear message and it resonates with like, really with like forever for forever an issue until automation takes over which is workers rights and it also talks about the beauty i don't know i was super into this song i think i yeah i'm i'm really impressed with all of our selections <laughs> <laughs> and this particular version is from a really beautiful record called fellow workers which is by uh the folk singer Ani defranco and utah phillips who's a workers rights historian uh noodle you said you know utah phillips i only know him from this one record so uh in high school i'm last time i was on here i talked about this a little bit that i belong to this really small tight-knit amazing music community um, full of people who had way better taste in music than I did. <laughs> and as a result, I was lucky enough to really absorb some of that. And Utah Phillips was one of these super random, I don't even remember at this point if it was an album or if it was a tape that we had. It could have been a tape. Um, this yeah. kid, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, if you're listening, hey, how's it going? He, he, owns a, <laughs> he owns a really great comic book shop called Paper Asylum in Boston. Just awesome. by the way, you should go to that. Um <laughs> Check it out. He he kind of crushing on Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so he played this CD or tape or whatever it was for us over and over and over mm-hmm. again, and it's all spoken word. Right. And at one point, Utah Phillips says, "Have you ever heard that name, Utah Phillips?" And it resonates and resonates and resonates and resonates. And I've never been able to get that one line out of my head. <laughs> and I haven't been able to find his stuff anywhere else because as i mentioned with the book versus the digital i'm looking for the hard copy i can find it on the internet i'm Mm -hmm. looking for a store that sells the hard copy and it's just it's just not out there we should go Uh, into silver lake they have a great vinyl store. uh, i'm sure i mean then yeah that's that's a good point i've been looking in a little bit more mainstream the best buy is not (laughs) going to have it so yeah, so he's really, so when I saw this come through, and it turns out, Josh, I did only reply to you on this. Oh. Uh, I was so excited. <laughs> um, and then, and I hate the fact that I'm going to say this, for me, the song just seems too simple and a little too mellow for me. <laughs> um, and weirdly enough, I was I was super prepared for, your, for mm-hmm. the other song choice that we had talked about. I was super prepared yes. for Fortunate Son. And so mm-hmm. when I was listening to it, I thought this was also about Vietnam. And oh, I hear okay. give us bread and roses. Mm-hmm. And the, the story that I'm hearing is it's still the poor kids who are going to war mm-hmm. uh, just to get by. And maybe we should like be excited for them and like pay attention to them and, and yeah. uh, laud their their hard work that they're putting right. in. Um, and then hearing this story, I was like, oh, wow, that's not it at all. It's very different. So, yeah, super different. Um, and I think it's interesting that part of it for me was listening to his recital and kind of story around it. It didn't. It didn't swell enough with me that I mm-hmm. missed I missed the story entirely. Right. And some of that is preconceived notion because I was like prepared for Vietnam. <laughs> I might have right. been the only one who's ever been who's ever said that prepared for Vietnam, but there was. Um, I was super excited for but it. Certainly not. Didn't happen. Right. But listening to it now right. with that understanding, I'm like, oh well, that's a totally different story, and that's right. that's a different emotion, and it's a different time mm-hmm. period, and it's all of those things, and it's mm-hmm. still true. Like workers' rights are not yeah. in better shape um so so I, I have i have mixed feelings mm-hmm. on it because i was kind of like meh about it as a right. vietnam song but i'm like 
Oh, <laughs> how yes. wonderful is a women's protest right. against the textile industry song? I'm much more excited about it. We right. should, uh, uh, to the listeners, um, I'm just going to put a clip or what you heard tonight was just a clip of the song itself. But on the album, it, there's a whole introduction yes. where Utah Phillips tells the story of the Bread and Roses women's strike. Mm-hmm. So definitely take a listen to that. Uh, you can get the link on our website mm-hmm. at beatdownpodcast.podbean.com and you can uh, take a whole listen to the story. I mean, he He's a pretty epic personality, and he tells a really great story about it. Um, He actually uh, leaves off the... um less happy part of the story at the end that Jen right about the, the results of the, the crushing you know, reality kind of leaves off of like the, the upside the devastating it, win of it created their, a, uh, yeah. a a history of workers yeah. strikes I actually kind of agree though I to me this is more of a history song like if we were mm-hmm. going to do like history historical songs right. or, or story songs mm-hmm. I feel that it's more of a story song than an actual protest song I don't think anybody's going to sing this at a protest or be somehow invigorated by this song though i do think the sentiments are, mm-hmm. are certainly uh protest i mean we could chant bread and roses we I could think, you yes. know and, and but we couldn't be sing few people that would know what that meant but i mean okay so yes it's not um you know it's it's not as powerful again it didn't like i said i'm, I'm going to you know say these are the criteria i looked for but yet <laughs> you know this is the way i went and i did i went for more of a, a personal um connection with it and it in also it's it's frustrating that yeah over, over 100 years later you know it, it's still the same discussion so so yes it is more of a, a folk tale more of a telling of the experience but i do think it could be used in marches in in it, may, it wouldn't be the loudest it wouldn't be the most like in your face get your attention you would need to know more of the history but um I still think it's uh, a solid contender. It's a killer and, song. And you know, again, I didn't, I didn't know Utah Phillips, and but apparently, you know, he he's you know folk singer for years. He's often promoted industrial workers of the world and music and actions and his words. So he, you know, this is this is kind of this is very much in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and it's the first time we got to play Ani DeFranco on the show, which yes, I'm really? super disappointed. It took us 20, <laughs> we'll, we'll, 22 episodes wow. to get there. We'll do, a, you know, we'll do like one of her songs, too. I mean, yes. like, you know, if you want angry and in your face. Yes. You're oh, going to get that. Let's with do it. Her. Let's get some Ani DeFranco but on yes, the show. So I, uh, did, uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did go with, uh, you know, more of a historical understanding because I, I, I assumed that the other songs would be more current. So I went, you know, a little little history lesson here. There we go. Well, let's turn it over to Ed now. Ed, it is your time. Uh, you brought a song that I will just, spoiler alert, um, literally used to frighten me. <laughs> I, I couldn't listen to the song all the way. It was too intense for me when I was 16. Wow. Ed, what did you bring this week for our protest songs beatdown? I don't know how good of a protest song it is. I, as As we've discussed, and we probably will discuss throughout the end of time. I don't. I don't do well with themes. I do more with like categories. But I did bring Cranberries, Zombie, and I. I picked the song. Well, I'll, I'll get to more stuff after after we play it. But like the number one reason to pick the song is the melody is so strong. It's such an iconic song, and it just like it's like makes you it like it gives you that uh maybe maybe this is giving noodle the rage that she's hoping for not not quite the rage rage in this song but it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty still rageful compared to the 
compared to the, some of the other choices we have today. I, I appreciate that you that you're worrying about my feelings when you make this pick. <laughs> I, I appreciate it so much. Let's and also look. just even before it comes out, like mm-hmm. I I want to just say before I, I love this song. Yeah, <laughs> oh, deeply this is a great song. Emotionally, intensely, like head to toe. Love this song, which I want to preface before I say anything bad about it later. I love this song. Yes. <laughs> Let's take a listen to Zombie by the Cranberries. <laughs> Oh, she, her voice. Dolores O'Riordan just yeah. lays it out mm-hmm. every single time. You never feel like she's like sort of phoning it in. No, no. It's this guttural, beautiful mm-hmm. symphony of sound. But also like this record, what was this? No Need to Argue was this record. Like this record after Everybody's Doing It So Why Don't We, which was mostly like a kind of Brit poppy, like Linger, which is a killer song. But that was such a soft, sweet record. Such a pretty song. And then this dropped and mm-hmm. no one knew what to do with the cranberries. Mm-hmm. With like zombie and war child and good lord. Ed, tell us about Zombie by the Cranberries. Uh, the reason I chose this song is I really think it illustrates the danger of like living in your own bubble and like the like the dangers of not I don't want to use the word brainwashing. Um, that's that's mean. The danger of negative reflex or negative echo chamber cycles in children that's what that's what it's like is displaying the dangers of and 
And so, yeah, that's like, that's like, we're, we're living in a very like fake news world. Like even, even something as stupid as, not, not as stupid as, I don't mean to say that. Something as silly as where Star Wars is filming its next location is like this like fake news grab bag. Like there was <laughs> like, there was like some, some website generated hundreds of things like oh, Star Wars, the last Jedi is filming in Valparaiso, Indiana. And then like it gets a bunch of clickbaits and then they, like it's filming in Tulsa Phoenix, or Arizona. Like, like, like it just um, post like someone just uh, someone just posting all these fake articles and like like people are like oh this is fake news like there's nothing nothing is real and 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 the cranberries are illustrating the concerns of when when you can't distinguish the truth from the lies. So and so your taking on zombie is that she's saying people that aren't paying attention they're just like believing what they're being told. Oh we well. Not that they're not paying attention, but like if you're if you're like a five year old and you're told that that like Southern Ireland is the devil or that UK is the problem, and they're just like you're just pounded in that in every way. Or or if you're in if you're in Georgia, like one time I was driving through to when I was driving to Florida, I was like at a gas station and like someone's like gas prices are up like to whatever it was probably like up to like 250 or something oh god 250 <laughs> and they're like oh well we could thank Obama for that that's like something they say now and now you could you could see the reverse of that like oh something's going wrong like oh you thank Trump for that and it's just like 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 these things that are clearly not associated with anything but they like they reinforce this idea and I just I don't know I just want to I guess I want to see the positives and things and I'm concerned I'm concerned about this echo chamber that we're all in well this is uh this is specifically written it was written in 93 about an ira bombing bombing in warrington that killed two kids um yeah i mean this is a heavy song it was heavy at the time the video was super heavy which is this was just like too much for my for my brain at this age i like i i said before i don't really do anger well like anger doesn't look good on me and uh so the these like really aggressive open displays of anger like when i was a younger man were really hard for me to to process but i mean coming back around to this song and to a lot of what the cranberries were doing at this part at this point like dolores o'reardon just she she saw like hey people are gonna pay attention to us for Mm -hmm. five minutes let's say everything we ever wanted to say until people stop paying attention and good for her like she she used every inch of that pulpit that she had and uh and wrote some really exciting music doing it uh noodle what are your thoughts on this song so i remember uh listening to this album for the first time james hamilton played this for me who is as Irish as it gets. Uh, James, you're probably listening. Hi. Thanks for sharing this with me for the first time. And I just want you to know I appreciate it before I say anything else about it. Um, <laughs> and I it is, I remember being blown away by this song. Just been like, oh my God, what is going on in the rest of the world that I don't know about it? Because, you know, what are we, 12 when this yeah. song comes out? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I'm a little older. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I don't know. What year is it? What year does this come out? Uh, so this came out in 94. 94. Right. Okay. So, you know, I, I, was, I was 12. Um, and, uh, I just remember being like, there's all this stuff that I don't know anything about. And I, you know, my mother is English. So I think of England as like the good guys. And then I hear this things and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh no, oh no. What if, what if what I understand about the world is completely wrong? So it, it deeply affected me. And the, the whole album is, is beautiful and phenomenal. And War Child, oh, War Child makes me sob every single time I hear it, <laughs> even right now. 
The only problem I have with this song as a protest song is it's essentially calling out religious differences, domestic terrorism, and it's real hard to protest that. I I agree. Uh, I think that I think it gets a little confused. Yes. There there was a struggle uh this band and then um uh, Sinead O'Connor always had the same issue yep. where it's like if you're angry at everyone all the time in every song it's hard to know what we sh- what we're what we should be paying attention Wait, to right what, now what is ha- what is it that that we can do to change it yeah. is it do we stop being religious because that's that's not a thing that's not going to happen that's not going to change are we even if we the people are against the domestic what what's essentially domestic terrorism with mm-hmm. the, the NRA bombings what what protests can you do against domestic terrorism other than to say we don't believe in that but like the the domestic terrorists are like cool uh <laughs> i still do so here they come here are the bombs yeah. so i mean not not to make a light of the situation but that's that's the problem is we the, can laugh through the tears right, the tears overall general feeling makes it very hard to make a movement against other than to say we won't tolerate this here and we're going to point at it which is important like sometimes you need to point at it and be like this is not okay i just for me it's it's more of a historical mm-hmm. song rather than a call to action yeah I is, is how is how i feel about it. yeah i agree jennifer yeah i mean i i do agree with that but i think you know in this particular case like ireland's you know essentially been in a civil war for almost 100 years ever And, you know, the IRA were, you know, their, uh, their goal, you know, is to, to drive out the British troops and like, just leave us in peace. Their tactics, you know, very questionable and certainly not helping matters. So, um, so I, I do see it as a protest song. I do see it as you know, like enough. It's like a call for peace. It's like, don't just, you know, don't be a zombie. Don't blindly follow either your government or your religion, you know, think for yourself, you know, look at what we can do together to make this be a peaceful, unified country. So I I do see it more of a protest song. And this this song is just incredible. It is it is very disturbing, you know, to see actual footage of children just, you know, Playing oh, war, yeah. yeah. Oh, you said the song. The video. Oh, the, the so video. Disturbing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, like actual, you know, like little kids playing war because that's what they played, you know. Yeah. And it's like I've never been one of those people that like, oh, kids can't play with guns, you know. I'm like, eh. but you know, like if that's the world that's around them, and now they're emulating it in games, it's it's really hard to take. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a, a great song. It is, it's very much in your face. And uh, just killer lyrics in her voice is incredible. So There's one thing, really this is a bit of a tangent, but it's something I think about a lot, is that men in music, male singers are given endless license to sound however they want. They can sound stupid. They can sound pretty. They can have deep voices, high voices. They can, they can growl until the day is long. And we, we kind of allow men to sing like that. There's a certain kind of unspoken thing where we expect our female singers to sound pretty all the time, no matter what they're singing. We kind of like just want them to 
you know, clean it up a little bit for some reason. And when somebody like Dolores O'Riordan just comes out and says, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to sound, I'm going to let my passion overtake my ability to hit the note. I love it so much. And there's, you know, and there are other singers that have done that over the years. Courtney Love. Courtney Love was a great example. Like Cat Power mm-hmm. had great moments where it was just like, I don't care if I can't hit the note. I am so passionate about mm-hmm. this moment. I'm going to reach for it. I just think it's exciting. And I think it's daring. I think it's like, especially in popular music, which at the time the Cranberries are an incredibly popular band. I think it's daring and I think it's awesome. So, you know, rock and roll. Go fucking get it. Like, good for you. And I think this is a great pick Ed, uh, for like, protest songs. I said yeah. before, I was singing this song in the shower on my way over rather mm-hmm. than my own song. <laughs> uh, I, I don't hit yeah. that note. <laughs> well, so you do good. if the radio's really loud. There you go. It's so good. Really loud. No, no, it was just me singing. Like, I wasn't singing along. I was just singing. <laughs> well, let's turn it over to you, Noodle. Should we just play your song? No. Okay. No, oh, you want to intro I have, it? I have a pre-story for Okay, it. let's yeah. do it. Um, so I am in, I'm going to call it eighth grade, maybe seventh grade, whatever. What the heck? Uh, and I go to my first concert with another person who's my own age rather than, um, a parent. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm there with my friend Vinny. Uh, Vinny, I told this story on a different podcast, so if you're listening, (laughs) hi again. Uh, and, and Vinny and I are there and the show starts. And it's great. We're having a great time. And we're up in, you know, whatever crappy seats we have, you know, at the Coliseum in Long Island. And the show goes on and it's wonderful and it's wonderful, wonderful. And now it's the last song of the night. And they play this song. And the energy in the room goes from we're having a good time, we're bopping around to this explosive, chaotic, Blow the roof off, scream your brains off, and the lights are strobing, and you can feel the palpable beat, not just of the music, but of the people jumping up and down and up and down and roaring along with the song. And it's Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. And I remember thinking, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 ready to change a couple of things. And I mean, of course, we had listened to the CD eight million times and we love the band and we're like real excited about it. But seeing it live and seeing the boisterous energy of what felt like a hundred thousand, I mean I'm sure it wasn't a hundred thousand, but like mm-hmm. what felt like a hundred thousand angry kids just roaring out this song. And, you know, the song is written in response to police brutality. It comes out in ninety two, right after the LA riots. And it's about a lot of things. It's about brutality, uh, civil rights injustices, inequality. It, it, it's a whole host of situations that I think still very much apply today with the Black Lives Matter situation. But that roar at the end, mm-hmm. the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And that crescendo around it, giving these kids this opportunity to just completely lose their shit <laughs> and i'm like four nine four ten i weigh 87 pounds and i want to take off and jump into that pit and Vinny is literally holding onto the back of my shirt he's like nope nope <laughs> that's not gonna happen you'll like, come back in pieces like, get off me i'm gonna fuck you don't take you can't tell me what to do and he's like dude <laughs> Settle down a second here. And he, I mean, he was right. It would have. It was a terrible choice. I was real, real tiny. Thank you, Vinny. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the 
the energy and the explosion and just watching this song come pouring out of of the artist out of out of his voice and that motherfucker at the end mm-hmm. just I'm really surprised that that Coliseum continued to stand. (laughs) And for me, it was the absolute let loose of all of those angsty, I don't know where I am and what I'm about and blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I can say no. So, killing in the name of. I love 
Tom Morello is a guitarist. He only plays the notes he absolutely is required to play. And he manages to create so much space in these songs. But by doing that, there's so much power. Like every single note he plays is important. Yep. Because he yeah. doesn't play that many, yeah. at least in these early, he got a little more experimental as Rage <laughs> went on. But yeah, this is something. So when I when I went to pick this song, I I had a very serious think about cultural appropriation, cultural mm-hmm. appropriation, which we haven't talked about yet. Which I'm I'm a little yeah, surprised really. it hasn't come out. So I looked at Fight the Power. I looked at We Shall Overcome. Mm-hmm. which, you know, are core, important, serious protest songs. But I was like, that's, I didn't think it was appropriate for me to talk about them because mm-hmm. that's that's not that's not my personal experience. And I was like, no. No nobody's matter- going to take me seriously talking about. Right, regardless of how you yeah. feel on the matter, sure. regardless, you know, you would be out there protesting for, absolutely, you know, the same cause. It, it's that moment where mm-hmm. there's that healthcare protest and it's a bunch of white people in the auditorium saying, singing We Shall Overcome and it's the worst thing anyone's ever yeah. seen. Mm-mm. So I didn't want to be that guy. Right. Um, and I also looked at I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar because mm-hmm. let's be honest, I'm pretty roary. <laughs> um, and you're a woman. Right? <laughs> in case you weren't sure. But I thought this song captures all of those pieces together. The, the the repeated, the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, mm-hmm. is all of that wrapped together into one one idea. And it's it's pretty universal. And it's, you know, the, the police brutality now, mm-hmm. it it's uh, it's uh, Trump pulling out of the Paris Accords and all of the governors being like, yeah, uh, that's not us. You don't speak to us. Fuck you. I'm not going to go back to coal jobs. Mm-hmm. We're going to buy into the Paris Accord. And yeah. we mm-hmm. are just going to walk right around you, sir, and do our own thing. And I really feel like that push and that encouragement mm-hmm. makes it happen. And I mean, my God, the the, the beat behind it, that mm-hmm. drive. Oh, yeah. And the anger really motivates it together. And the other thing that I think is so great about this song is he did actually, they they use this song for good in a couple of different places. So in, I think it was in 1995, I want to say. Let's say it's 19... Oh, nope, 2009. Sorry, not even close. (laughs) So close. Right, in 2009, um, this song made like this ridiculous comeback in the UK Mm -hmm. as part of the like Christmas song. They do their big song. Right, their big like, what's the Christmas song, right? It was the Christmas song, yeah. And the, the, the leading song at the time was a cover of Hallelujah done by one of the X Factor contestants (laughs) and they were like you know what no and um this english dj john mortar and his wife tracy launched a group to say let's not buy into the commercialism this year i want everybody to vote for killing in the name of it said (laughs) and they came out and they they did a big charity push around it and they raised you know over seventy thousand pounds so like a hundred and ten thousand dollars that people would have been donating in the name of the cover of Hallelujah and mm-hmm. commercialization. They're like, no, 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 no. Let's let's do this about a real song instead. I mean, and we talked about this earlier that Hallelujah is the most covered song on the planet. But I love that idea of reality, this gritty, ugly anger, as mm-hmm. opposed to this pretty covered traditional song. Um, so he really he did something with it. He mm-hmm. was like, "Nah, guys, let's let's make a motion." And he's also real. Uh, Tom's super protective about this song really? there was this group uh, in the uk tom morello yeah tom morello sorry not like the guitarist we're, we're friends. In the band, yeah. Me, yeah me and tom um <laughs> and, and 
And there was this <clears throat> alt-white group in the UK who was in, I can't remember what it's called, who was using this song at their rallies. And he came out and was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, this is not what we're about. Stop fucking using my song. Wow. Like, there's no universe mm-hmm. where we are aligned with what you're trying to say. Right. So they're very clear about who they are and what they're saying. That's and wild. it just, it moved me. And I think some of that driving anger mm-hmm. needs to be expressed. Yeah. It needs to be shouted. And it's also, it's not a good merch song no it's not a good march it's not a good sing-along song it's it's not a good sing-along song unless you're in the car raging yeah it's a great song (laughs) in traffic yeah um but (laughs) for me it it unleashed something Mm -hmm. it unleashed the ability to to say no i'm not okay with what's happening here and i am going to protest it and i Mm -hmm. i keep saying rage which is just i mean yeah they, no, they really named themselves very specifically. <laughs> that, that was a classic Zach DeLarica moment. We are raging against the machine. Good, good. Okay, that's our band name. Well, that's, so that was another thing yeah. about Zach DeLarica. He he was like Tom Morello, where he's like, I'm not going to say a lot of things, but every word is going to be vitally important. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that that anger is important now because we're exhausted. It's what you said. You know, it's depressing mm-hmm. and it's tiring, and this just pumps you back. Yeah, up. It, it, yeah. it definitely. Uh, energizes me um i remember yeah i remember this came out and it was like are you kidding me what is this and you know i knew about the the rodney king beating i knew a little bit about the la riots i wasn't as you know in touch with what was happening three thousand miles away back then um but it was pretty clear you know i mean like you you pick it up in context like what's going on here and the fact that you know Again, this is another one where it's like, this could have been this could have been written for for stuff that was going on in the '60s and the mm-hmm. '70s, absolutely, and the '80s, and probably much much even earlier the, than that. The military mm. industrial complex. Oh my gosh, it's so it's it's frustrating, and you know, it's there'll never be a shortage of protest song. They'll never stop being new protest song, and. Um, I mean, I guess it's good because it means people are still fighting. They're yes. still speaking out, but it's just so frustrating that, you know, we're still faced with some of these, still faced with these issues. Yeah, Ed, uh, what do you know about Rage Against the Machine? Do you have any history with this band? Um, I actually don't have much history with this band. As well, shocking among shocks. <laughs> um, I do want to amend Noodles' claim about the. Hallelujah cover. I I distinctly remember this time <laughs> during this campaign because I'm a big fan of the X Factor UK. And Alexander Burke's Hallelujah was the 2008 uh, Christmas number one. And the following year, the Rage Against the Machine happened, preventing Joe McEldry's cover of The Climb by Miley Cyrus to take the number one. Well, spot. even better. Uh, so it was a e- even better. And yeah, you know even what? better. Yeah. Um, my Wikipedia research absolutely could be wrong. So if Ed would know, yeah, well, no, I, I was, sure. I was, I was there. I was on the ground floor. <laughs> yep. yep, he was voting. But that, that's like the year that uh, Margaret Thatcher died, and Ding Dong, the Witch's Dead was the Christmas yes. number one single. That was that was a number. <laughs> Fucked. Yeah. Apparently, oh, yeah. it got knocked out like, like at the very last second. There was a campaign to put some other song and it's it, to yeah. win out just so that that wasn't the number one single. Um, you know, Rage Against the Machine. I mean, the, this is again a band that I was unable to process at the time and I've since come to I mean specifically this record like they did by the time they got to Evil Empire they were kind of 
not really in the zone, shall we say. Um, talk about a band I ne- we need. There was a great interview maybe a couple years ago. It was when Neil Young, around the time he did After the Garden, which was his uh, anti-Iraq war song. Okay. Um, so this might have still been the Bush era um he did an album called after the garden which is a really pretty album but it was during this time where people were like where are the protest songs of today and neil young was like well i'm still here and they were like and and people were like oh good neil young is still writing protest songs and then he came out and he said but i'm an old man like i should not be the only one writing protest songs and we are starting to see kind of simmerings around the edges i mean i would say chain to the rhythm the Katy perry song that we talked about on the mm-hmm. show ages ago yeah. that's a pretty specific protest song and i think that sign of the times the i mean i'm really kind of fishing but i think sign of the times uh by that one direction kid that's a that's mm-hmm. kind of like the simmerings of protest songs coming out in popular music and i think what we have to remember is at the time People were not listening. Like on the radio, the number one hits were not coming out of the Grateful Dead. They were coming out of Herman's Hermits. And so if like those little moments of pop music embracing the moment and having something to say, that's exciting. I mean, I think that we might start to see people in popular music starting to have a perspective. And if not, you know, traditional pop music, I think there are other artists that are definitely you know, being more explicit and more pointed in their intent. It's not hidden in, you know, symbolism or, you know, metaphors. It's, it's very direct, like Michael Kiwanuka's I'm a black man in a white world. Yeah. It was extremely powerful. Song. And seeing it live, I was... You're just you're just humbled, and he was he was so fantastic. He was the only black man in that room, which made it a little it awkward. Was okay, but he embraced it. He was right. just like, yeah. "You ready to do they, this?" There were he he literally small came out, handful of other black people. He but. came out and he was like, "You guys ready for this? Let's do this yeah. song." And everybody was just like, "Okay," and, and it, he sang it, and everybody shut up. Like nobody yeah. sang along, and it was kind of. Like, at least people, I think, How aware of them. Yes, yes exactly. And, and I think, I mean, but, I mean, you're also going to this concert to see this person. So uh, y- y- they already have an understanding mm. of what they're, you know, what they're going for. Um, so, yeah, but I do think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be less veiled. I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. I know, I think it's going to be a, a little bit more, you know, yeah, in your face and <laughs> accept it or, accept you it. know. I think it's really interesting, Josh, that you had said that uh, Neil Simon's like, hey, I'm the old man now. Neil Young. Yeah. Or sorry, yeah. Neil Young. You're mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm the... Yeah, They're that's both a, old. That's a totally different conversation. <laughs> um, saying, you know, I'm I'm the old man now. It shouldn't be me. But on the other side, Rage Against the Machine is now the old man. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are like, I don't know what that age difference is mm-hmm. between where... Neil Young was at the time where he said that and where Zach Tom are now, but I can't imagine it's a huge difference. For sure. So it's interesting that we still want to hear from Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they're the voice anymore now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, it's just like an interesting kind of see the perspective yeah. because those songs are such different types of songs that you feel like that anger has got to be able to sustain you, but maybe not after 20 years. Maybe yeah. it mellows I think it's, as an artist. I think it's just the tone of the culture is changing. Mm -hmm. I remember the same year that Neil Young put out After the Garden and people were like, finally somebody's talking about the war. Literally, 
Incubus, remember Incubus? <laughs> they put out a record which was every single song was an anti-war, anti-George Bush song. And the entire, like it destroyed their career. And the whole takeaway was like, shut up. We don't want to talk about it. Why are you releasing all these angry bullshit songs? Um, it also wasn't the greatest record in the world. But I remember the takeaway was not people judging the, the quality of the music. It was people judging the content. And I, I would like to think that right now we're not going to have that reaction. We're not going to start discounting. Dis- Counting these bands because they have something to say. I mean, we might have been discounting Incubus for other reasons, but <laughs> I will defend the guitarist in that band. He's fantastic. Um, but I, I, I think that we are in a moment where if somebody of stature wanted to come out and really do a really pointed protest record, I think mm-hmm. that could happen. Ed, what do you think? You you pay a lot closer attention to, to the real bleeding edge of pop music than even I do. Um, do you see the simmerings of protest songs coming out of popular culture? I want to say yes, but I mean, like, I mean, you could, you could make the argument that there's like that, that 21 pilots is kind of a part of this movement, which is a little bit removed, but that's like, uh, and then I even, you know, I feel like echoes of the new Paramore record have, have like, you could, you could interpret it in multiple ways, but hard times definitely feels like it could be in relation to uh, the, these times. Uh, and I really thought change the rhythm was a great song that I, that I actually almost considered choosing for this, but I was yeah. like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have supported that decision. <laughs> I, but I was like, well, I already, we already discussed That's our true. love of it. So, <laughs> uh, but like, but then, but then it's like, you go immediately to change the rhythm. And then you get like that trash Bon Appetit, which means it yeah. gives me very much concern for this album. Of course, Katy Perry albums are like mixed at best. So I don't know why I'm concerned. As long as I get a few, as long as I get two other good songs out of this album, I suppose I should be happy. No, I think um, you're right. I mean, she did make a really pointed, uh, protest song or what I would call a protest song and then immediately went back to Bon Appetit and Swish which are very I mean they're, they're unique to Katy Perry but well, they're pretty by the numbers pop Isn't songs. she protesting Taylor Swift? Yes effectively <laughs> she is On that <laughs> Team Taylor all the way by the way We're going to go around the circle real quick and we're going to make final talks for why you should vote for uh why people should vote for your song and everyone else should uh well they should have to listen to protest songs because protest songs are great and there's a lot to uh to protest right now there's a lot to know there's a lot to be aware of right now it is not a good time to pretend things aren't happening that's all i'm going to say about that uh i will go first uh my song was america back by jill sobel you should vote for america back one because of all these four songs it is the one that applies to you right now uh this is a song that is about how you are feeling and what you are going through right this moment in this political culture in america today america back is that song and uh i think it's clever i think it's funny and it's by jill sobule and you should vote for her because i uh i brought her on the show this week and i don't get to bring her uh for a few more weeks now so yeah. hopefully we don't do like songs about finding jesus in uh the midwest I'm gonna because bring i got a week. lot of jill sobule songs about that um that's weird so, <laughs> that's weird i'm just i'm just saying that's weird <laughs> uh so yes please vote for my song jill sobule's america back check it out i think it's a winner jennifer why should people vote for uh, your song this week? I don't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. Oh, it was and Bread, and Roses Bread and Roses by Utah Phillips in this case. Yes. And Emily DeFranco. Specifically. Um, 
Yes, as as everybody has said, please listen to the entirety. Listen to the the, the preamble. It it does a better job of telling the story than I did. Um, and I think this is an important protest song because it, you know, is from over 100 years ago. We are still dealing with the same issues. There are still, you know, poor working conditions, uh, horrible hours, um, don't even get into the medical benefits, um, and, um, you know, lousy wages, unlivable wages. And the, the, the thing about this particular song is that it's the foundation of protest songs it's 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 kind of at the you know you're you're in the uh the era where there were story songs that were it was the oral history of our country and and what we were going through and it also addresses this particular cause and you know demands you know we need bread and roses and I think it's really fantastic um I know we weren't really doing this but just just to go around the room I I love your song, Josh. I, I love Jill Sobiel. I think this is a very perfectly timed, perfectly worded song. I just feel like in one of the in this particular case, it's preaching to the choir. I think in, in unfortunately it's people who believe in it already know it and already will speak it. I don't I think it's gonna fall on deaf ears of other people. And I love this song. I love <laughs> He does. Marcel was like, Yes. Um, Zombie, it's a, a great song, it's a fantastic song, and um, you know, I think that the you know, again, it's an unfortunate situation of civil unrest that's been going on for far too long, and you know, calling out the 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 the, the mindless people that are willing to go along to perpetuate that, and Rage Against Machine, all of the right feels to just get out there and you know you say you're not going to put up with it anymore and so there you go that's my i know so it really wasn't she's like an, a rebuttal critiquing well I, I think she critiqued your song pretty well she did. i did well she's she's capable of critiquing me she's well practiced at that <laughs> no, but, but she certainly uh, will never say anything bad you, about you let's be honest but i mean I, but again so the so the same thing with killing the name of uh, it's it's another really frustrating one it's been going on far too long you know what it's calling out against um yeah it's just it's very i i I don't want to get you know despondent and and you know give up and you know feel like it's all so hopeless but um so i'm glad that there are songs that are still being said but but yes bread and roses please listen to the whole thing it's a it's a beautiful story um sad story um but beautiful song and uh, again very personal to me I, again i was i was fortunate enough to go to school in those mills there you go that's jennifer's pick bread and roses uh, in this case performed by utah phillips and onion franco ed let's turn it over to you why should people vote for zombie by the cranberries i don't know how great of it is as a protest song but it is a great song and and i think it and while Josh is correct, he is dealing with an issue that we are that we are dealing with today. I think mine is dealing with an underlying issue that could plague us for centuries to come. So, <laughs> so who's who's really the bigger impact? And I would say it's actually more more universal. I mean, U, UK doesn't want America again. 
So they, they, but they are <laughs> concerned about take us back. Half of America doesn't want America again. <laughs> well, that is uh, Ed's pick, Zombie by the Cranberries. Let's turn it over to Noodle. Noodle, why should people vote for your song, Killing in the Name of, by Rage Against the Machine? I think that uh, Killing in the Name of really exemplifies all the items that were on Jen's list that we began with. Oh, well played. Uh, it, has, yeah. it has a clear statement. It is against a specific thing. It is a call to action. And mm-hmm. it is actually being used as a call to action in that they raised money and so on. Mm-hmm. And you, Jen talked about um, the idea of I don't want to be depressed and I don't want to be mm-hmm. despondent. For me, uh, the the antidote to depression and despondence is not always optimism, but anger. Uh, while Josh talks about how he doesn't deal well with anger, I deal well in anger. Oh, I know. Uh, I will, I will drive. It is your life force. I will drive yes. the rage. You are fueled by rage. Yeah, which not in my like regular life. I'm quite nice, get honest. Those of you who are listening who don't rage. know me, I'm a lovely person. She is. Um, but I get real mad about stuff. Passionate. And yes, I mean, we can say passion. We can say but energetic. But mm-hmm. no, it's anger. I am angry at this situation. And for me... Uh, Rage Against the Machine and specifically Killing in the Name of allows me to sustain that forward motion of calling my congressman and emailing my senator, you know, like over and over and over again. And the thing that actually we haven't talked about um, that I just want to call out is protest songs are all well and good, but you have to vote. You Mm got to vote, you got to vote, you got to vote, you got to vote. There is Mm -hmm. 2018 elections. There are special elections. There are measures all the damn time. And if Mm -hmm. people aren't voting then none of this fucking matters yeah so you can sing all day and you can march all day but unless mm-hmm. you go to the ballot box it doesn't matter so listening mm-hmm. audience please go and vote mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you, you can vote either direction just fucking vote yeah show up and you know make your presence show that you know people are paying attention people care but then the the you know what uh, I think on Pod Save America they're calling it uh, wealth care or Trump care was largely struck down by protesting by calling your congressman mm-hmm. by going to mm-hmm. the town halls all those things that you've been doing and that that we've been doing and much less uh, admittedly but uh, you know Degrees. and and those things like. In the period between the voting, you don't just get to go to sleep and pretend everything's going to take care of itself. Find an extra $20 and donate it to somebody that needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, make the phone calls. Send the, well, don't really send emails. Uh, send faxes. That's at least better. The, the resist than the emails. bot? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. So all these things are really important and vital mm-hmm. uh, in the downtime, you know, as we wait down to 2018. Marcel has deep thoughts about this. What do you think, Marcel? He does not want to talk. I'm pretty sure Marcel's a Democrat. His, his silence <laughs> speaks volumes. He does. Yeah. He's so angry. Uh, well, now, dear listener, it is up to you to pick what you felt was the best protest song you heard this week. You can vote on our website at beatdownpodcast.pod. Yeah. Beatdownpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at beatdownpod, on Facebook at beatdownpodcast, and you can email me at beatdownpodcast at gmail.com. But uh, more, most importantly of all, you should, well, most importantly of all, you should call your congressman. You should donate money to the charities that you believe are going to most support your causes, and you should vote in 2018 and uh, every, every election leading up to that yep. point because there's a lot, a lot more than you think. Um, and you should pay attention. Uh, but, uh, as far as relevant to me, you should go to beatdownpodcast.poddoing.com and place your vote for what you felt was the best protest song this week. Before we go, uh, Noodle, where can people find you online? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NessieNoodle13 and on Instagram as Noodling, uh, noodling Around. Noodling Around. Thank you. That's uh, nice we follow to her. you guys follow me more we than I uh, think about what my name is. <laughs> I really should have a better brand, Unity. Yeah. It helps. I locked mine down early. I got it on all the platforms, even yes, a Tumblr that I never post on. I don't understand Tumblr. Sorry, eh. Candy. <laughs> Jennifer, it's like wanna... Instagramming other people's pictures. Interesting. If people want to find you <laughs> online, Jennifer, where should they go? I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Jenny B Creative. It's Jenny with an I, and letter B. Ed, where should people find you? At Edward Giordano, E-D-W-A-R-D-G-I-O-R-D-A-N-L. And you have a quick 20-day window before Big Brother 19 starts. So get in now. (laughs) It's closing quickly. Hilarious. Uh, I am at Josh Burnell, B-U-R-N-E-L-L. Boone the Bounty Hunter is available for rent on VOD. Uh, You can check it out. It should come out next week or the week after in Walmart. So keep an eye out for Boone the Bounty Hunter. Um, And also, we just recorded an episode of all-time top 10 Ben Isaac's podcast. He was a guest on our show and uh, we just recorded a, a spot on his show. Songs about the suburbs was it our was topic. So much Maybe fun. we should do a beat down the same week. We'll do like a songs about the suburbs oh. beat down the same week. That could be interesting. We'll talk about it. Uh, but we'll be back next week. Uh, I think it's my birthday show next week. Birthday. So uh, I don't know what the top. Well, I know what the topic is going to be. The topic next week is going to be songs by Jim Steinman. Uh, it's my birthday I'm calling an audible. It is who, the songs of Jim Steinman. Who next are you going to have join you for that? I am. I don't know. I have a couple of people I want to reach out to and see if I can find. Because uh. uh, I really want to find a killer Jim Steinman. Or ringer or he can he can be the guest and the host and Ed and it's I will all just, just bring gonna be me. The show is going to be gonna Josh be, yeah. talking about it's, Jim it's Steinman. Josh on his own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is it for us for the Beatdown Podcast with Josh, Jen, Ed, and Noodle. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Beatdown is a production of us and is recorded in the office attached to our garage. Our theme song is Optimism by the Numbers by Brian Lerner and used with his permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find the show. The music clips we discuss in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyright Act, fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to listen to the songs we talked about this week in their entirety, visit us on Twitter at BeatdownPod, online at BeatdownPodcast.com, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeatdownPodcast.